Now the question is, where does UCLA go from here at quarterback? Garbers? Garbers? Dante. Dante. Anybody else? Chip? 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 You home, Chip? Anybody? You are locked on UCLA. Your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. Thanks for making the show your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, subscribe. Thanks for your support. And if you're an everydayer, hey, we're going to build all this stuff leading into the Colorado matchup. And, hey, who's going to play quarterback? Um, we're not going to know. We're going to think it's Ethan Garbers, I think. No? Maybe? I don't know. We'll talk about that on today's show, which is brought to you by... Prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay. As we usually start our Monday shows after a UCLA game, win or lose during football season, we grade and we react to what I think the, the offense, defense, special teams, because this week the special teams actually gets to get a legitimate grade. But today we get to start specifically in the role that a quarterback got to play. And that's Ethan Garbers. I went back, watched some more tape, and decided to take a look at someone who I wanted not necessarily to play as much as Dante Moore. I did feel throughout the previous parts of the season that we would see Garbers again in the year in an actual playing capacity, and the Bruins decided to utilize him. Chip Kelly did against Stanford. When asked afterwards, Chip Kelly a bit mum post-game-wise as to the change at quarterback, but we all can be... I assume and realize there's a reason that he chose, and that was Dante Moore struggling, a porous team defensively. The Bruins were about to play in Stanford, wanted to revitalize that, and Garbers came in and brought the energy. The way the offense looked when Garbers played, it seemed like a little more energy. I've seen some comments about it. I've looked it up. I There was a little more energy, it seemed like, when Garbers came in at QB, which is very reminiscent for me, especially having more of a bird's-eye view, looking in the Rose Bowl, when Garbers was relieved by Dante Moore in certain situations when Moore came in in the Coastal Carolina game week one. The Bruins looked a little flat. Moore came in. Everybody got up on their feet, a little excited, throws some touchdown passes, and the Bruins walked away with victory against Coastal Carolina. Now, I still believe the talent is to the true freshman, but then there's so, there's something to be said for someone who's been in college football for so long who has been waiting for this opportunity and then sticks to it, knows the offense, and can probably read a defense much better. I would hope so, and that I think is the case for Garbers than Dante Moore. And that's kind of how it played out. Remember, we can't get too overly excited, but I don't want to put down what Garbers did against Stanford, which was, one, you played a terrible Stanford defense, extremely bad against the pass, and extremely bad on third down conversion rates. And yet Garbers came in, and just in the few plays, even though Dante put up some good good plays and some good numbers in limited time, Garbers looked the part running the ball, throwing the ball on the run, making throws to the boundary that we just hadn't seen in recent weeks for Dante Moore. And it seemed like the protection was there. 
And despite facing a lot of third downs, the Bruins converted it. And they did. UCLA stopped and start early on in the game in the second half where they had a 21-0 lead. Took some fourth down stops by the UCLA defense, but the Bruins ended up getting some stuff, getting some offense going in the third quarter. Garbers 20 for 28, 240 yards, two touchdowns. But for me, the thing that impressed me most, something that I, I really didn't think Garbers had in the tank or hadn't seen or just was a little skeptical. It, well, it's a little different when you're going from a Dorian Thompson-Robinson to what was going to be Ethan Garbers, his ability to maneuver the pocket, run around, and run the football in fine ways to keep plays alive. Garbers was the Bruins' third leading rusher, eight carries, 51 yards, averaging six yards a carry, which for anybody on UCLA's running back room or anybody who ran the football in that game against Stanford, eight or more carries, Atkins, Garbers, Harden, and Steele, he had the most yards per carry doing that in third and long, making big plays. And Chip Kelly has repeatedly said, all our quarterbacks can run over 20 miles per hour. I don't know what you're talking about, which we saw come to fruition in the game against Stanford. So it's nice to see an accurate quarterback who did push the ball down the field somewhat, right? 8.6 yards per completion with a good completion percentage. We just hadn't seen that in recent weeks by Dante Moore. Good a, a pretty good offensive line day where it came down to them protecting Garbers for the most part. It, it's not like he was perfect. It's not like everything went to plan. But yet, it, it was good to see him come in. Now, here's the question. Did UCLA cost themselves an opportunity to play the youngster against a bad defense and solidify what needed to happen going forward? Did this happen a game too early? Colorado's defense is not as bad, but nearly just as bad against the pass and getting to the quarterback. They force a bit more turnovers, and they've made bigger plays on bigger stages, and they've won shootouts, something Stanford just simply hasn't done other than beating Colorado. So one wonders, did did Chip Kelly make this move a week too soon? And I'm not entirely sure. UCLA needed some momentum, and I can't speak for the locker room. I can't speak for everybody's heads with the mistakes and everything that's happened in recent weeks. Even Ben Bolch in the LA Times had talked about this is potentially one of Chip Kelly's worst coaching seasons based on what the talent they have. A defense that is playing much better than we, what we have expected this year. An offense that's got talent that has replaced people in certain spots that played significant pivotal roles in the 2022 season. And yet here the Bruins are 5-2 and two mathematically in the conversation. But for the most idea of it, until crazy things happen down the line, which they certainly had before in the Pac-12 in the past and in recent years, kind of out of it in the Pac-12 title race, but still good enough to go beat teams. And hey, boom, 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 ranked head of USC. That's right. There we go. But in the end, what's it going to take for UCLA to go beat a Colorado? What now looks to be like be an even tougher game, arguably the toughest game left maybe at Arizona than the USC game or the, the Cal game or the, the Colorado game. I, I think Chip Kelly might have done this a bit too soon, I wonder, right? Does that shatter the freshman's quarterback? I'm happy for Garbers. He played well, and we're going to answer the question now. I'm fairly confident that Garbers will be starting against Colorado. Will we see a split QB system where we see both of them get drives or Chip Kelly pull away from that and just let Garbers get the majority of – get the whole game other than a a run QB package? 
that's what I think. It, it will be Garbers, and he deserves to do it again. I'm not going to say rip it from him. I just question. I'm not going to throw out rumors of transfer portal or Dante or is he does he have the moxie to stay? I'm not going to do that at this moment. There's no, there's nothing that's shown other than fake rumors before the season that Dante Dante Moore had to address before. Now, is there a concern of it? You know, that's the concern of every kid in the country. That's the concern of every kid. You lose your spot, they go transfer. I don't know Dante Moore personally. I can't speak to that, but that's just always the thought that comes in your head. But I do wonder. Did UCLA do this just a smidge too early? You have a, a cupcake in your midst in Stanford, and the Bruins treated it like a cupcake. Smash the frosting, eat the bread, eat, eat the, you know, just eat it, gobble it up. And then uh, they did what they needed to do. They dominated the Cardinal on the road and found a way to win. Now I just wonder, is that going to bite them in the end, or did Dante Moore need to clear his head and watch from the sideline? Only time will tell, and maybe this is not even a a big story in the grand scheme of things. It could if something develops after this season. I just don't know if UCLA needed to make this move this week. I would have done it for Colorado, but Garber's made the play. He did what he had to do. And when it comes to taking opportunity, Dante Moore took his opportunity in the second half of week one and ran with it all the way until the seventh game for UCLA. Garber's re-waited. He had to sit back and take another wait after waiting multiple years for him to start and found a way for him to pull out and lead a UCLA offense in dominant fashion, but yes, against a bad Stanford defense to victory in a game that they needed to dominate, could have dominated, should have dominated, and absolutely did, which is what makes me happy as a UCLA fan, and he deserves the start to beat the the Sanders family and the Colorado Buffaloes and the crazy circus that's going to bring to the Rose Bowl and the homecoming sellout coming up. What did the defense and offense overall look like? We're going to grade those things coming up because hey was the defense solid was the special teams why are they having problems with kicks why, why are we having problems with kicks and what do i think of the carson steel hat trick of touchdowns as josh lewin so said on his birthday all that coming up next on locked on ucla it's now time for your weekly game changer of the week right brought to you by athletic brewing company and this one was an easy pick someone who had to wait 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 and just step up to the plate, it was Ethan Garbers. There's no there's no other player who you'd want to make as your game changer of the week. I know Carson Steele with three touchdowns, but Ethan Garbers came in, took that long wait, and ran with the opportunity, and will probably use that for a starting opportunity down the line this season. And much like Garbers changed the game, so has Athletic Brewing. They have changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually tastes good. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. No hangovers ever. And you can find them in store, online, and at bars across the country. You can find Athletic Brews companies, non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First come, first time customers locked on code to get 15% off your first online order. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. At checkout, 15% off athleticbrewing.com near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Second segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Zach with you guys as we get things cooking here. And hey, what, what do I think happened in this UCLA-Stanford game? What, was this an absolute domination? Did they chop down the tree? Yes, they did. The Bruins came away with the dub 42-7. to A game they led 21-0 at the break, 35-7. 
after three in 42 to seven. The final, we saw Dante Moore, Chase Griffin, Ethan Garbers throw passes. Justin Martin snuck in late. UCLA had many players run the football. A whole slew of receivers caught passes, multiple passes, big plays, everything in between. So we're going to start by talking with the UCLA offense. We're going to go back to my keys to the game. One, my score prediction, which you may have forgotten, 35 to seven. I was close. That was the closest I've been all season. I've normally given more points up by the defense. I finally decided to say, hey, they'll give up a touchdown and that will be all right. And I finally got the point spread ready for UCLA, who is, I think, three score favorites at home versus Colorado. I think that's a little scary, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Keys to the game. Hey, who's going to play quarterback? Well, it obviously wasn't Dante Moore. Build QB confidence and don't forget about the run game. Dante Moore in that picture didn't even play. So how'd you build QB confidence? Easy pitch and catch throws. Get Garbers in more successful situations. Or even the broadcast was still not even sure. Nobody knew that Garbers was going to start. There's an inkling and a weird air in Southern California that, hey, something's going up to the Bay Area, and it might not be a starting quarterback named Dante Moore. Obviously, he traveled. But it was Garbers, who they eventually saw during warm-ups, was going to start. But not everybody outside the program knew that it was going to be Garber's starting, which it ended up being. Build QB confidence, 20 for 28. You complete passes, more than 50%, closer to 60, closer to 70, right? Not where you're hovering at 50%, but doing much better. Then you're going to lead that to a much more successful situation. The UCLA rushing attack. Well, it was helped out by one steal, 20 carries, 76 yards, three touchdowns. Didn't exactly break off a lot of runs, 3.8 yards per carry, TJ Harden, a touchdown, 55 yards, 12 carries, 4.6 yards per carry. And I've already touched on this, but we'll do it again. Ethan Garbers, eight carries, 51 yards, almost six and a half yards per carry. Didn't get a touchdown, had a long run of 18 yards, choosing wisely when to break and dart for a UCLA offense that has been pretty porous on third downs. What I liked most about the Garbers-led UCLA offense. And I'm not sure if this was just a success, how bad Stanford is defensively. UCLA, if you saw the stat, is one of the worst teams in the Pac-12 at converting third downs. They're 10th out of 12 teams. They are in the 30% closer to that conversion rate, where for UCLA, they're trying to find ways to convert even more. Stanford allowed UCLA to go 10 for 18 in that game, the Bruins, that was one of the best conversion nights of the season on third downs, 10 for 18. Well, I don't like the fact that they had to face third down that many times and that they had to convert so many times. But at some point, yes, you have three downs to get a first down. You do it beyond just fourth down. And the Bruins got the job done. 500 yards of total offense, 8.3 yards per pass. And they still ran for over 220 yards. And when Chip Kelly can run the ball, more than they throw it generally or have a lot of success doing so, then generally a Chip Kelly-led team is going to win the football game. 54 rushes, 34 complete, 34 attempts passing the football. And when the Bruins do that, they're going to be successful, and they generally win the game. And they did so dominantly against Stanford, 42-7. to So what I liked, Garbers, the Bruins, a little bit more protection. I don't like the fact that Stanford had four sacks and 11 tackles for loss, which is a little different based on late game running the football. But there were times when Carson Steele just couldn't wiggle through when they're closer to the goal line on a first and goal. It took them once or twice to crack through. 
or some pass interference calls to extend drives. So those are things to keep in mind when watching the games against Colorado or at Arizona against a sneaky good Arizona defense coming up in a couple weeks where are they going to get bailed out? Can they get much better production from Steele to closer to five yards? I know five yards is kind of ridiculous, but we need more production, more and more and more. But still, hey, 42 points, bad Stanford defense. I'll give you an A-minus performance. Garbers, I'll give you an A because you played great. And there's been a lot of doubters, including myself of sorts. And yet here you are, and he performed when he had his opportunity. That's all you can ask for a UCLA offense who ran the football, took care of the football, and didn't just cough it up, which we've seen in recent weeks. Again, Stanford not good, but still the Bruins took care of the football. You don't let a bad team back in the football game by doing bad things. A little stagnant early third quarter, but after some short fields, the Bruins were able to be successful. How'd the defense do? Well, they they made some plays too, and special teams were able to make some plays and not make some plays. We'll talk about that next on Locked On UCLA. Prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers, not battling thousands of other players. Hey, if you're doing like daily fantasy sports, or if you have a fantasy, like I'm bad at fantasy sports. But when it's just you against the numbers, I'm pretty good at that. When it comes to numbers, looking at baseball and different things, when it comes to now you looking at college football and numbers, I can do that. It's more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch your winnings roll in. They've got Taco Tuesdays where they've got discounted matchups and discounted player projections up to 25% to provide more value. And they've got injury insurance for both college football games and NFL games. Injury insurance. That is a good daily fantasy sports platform, which is why you got to go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the code locked on college and get a match up to a hundred dollars. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Last segment of the locked on UCLA podcast. Zach with you guys. All right. How did I grade out the UCLA defense, the UCLA special teams unit, How do all those things end up playing in a good way for UCLA? Well, offense, A minus, defense. All right, seven points. Every time the Bruins are playing somebody, it gets deep in the game, and it's like, when was the last time the Bruins pitched a shutout? We were looking at the NC Central game. That didn't happen. Got not necessarily super close, but decently close against Stanford. Man, Spencer set 41 nothing drubbing of Oregon State about eight eight years ago from the dropping this podcast where they had a shutout. And that's the one thing the defense pretty much needs left this year to truly solidify themselves as an all-time great UCLA defense. Not that the numbers and everything haven't backed them up. I would like a shutout just because I'm greedy. Naked against SC, and I will be the happiest man alive for many, many years. Besides that point, let's get official. The Bruins dominated 42-7. to Again, UCLA, forced an interception. What was the third key? The third key didn't really apply to anybody, but you know the defense and the offense. UCLA up 21-0. Stanford drove the football a little bit in that third quarter, had some opportunities, stuffed the Cardinal on fourth down, forced an Ashton Daniels interception, forced a fumble, blocked a punt, which, you know, is kind of special teams. They were active hands in this game for UCLA, a John Humphrey pick. You had a fumble recovery by Femi Oladejo, the Bruins made things happen again, and when it comes to sacks, hey, you had Swessinger with the sack, you had Gabriel Murphy, and another one by Leatu Latu 
four sacks, seven tackles for loss, seven passes, six passes defended. The Bruins have active hands and continue to make life hard for the opposition's offense. And yes, Stanford was coming off a big comeback, an extra day to prepare. And Troy Taylor is a very good offensive mind. When he was at Sac State, they ran with two QBs. They had a more running quarterback and they had a passing quarterback. And they would run it to perfection, put up big numbers, and blow out most of the teams at the FCS level, the Big Sky level, leading to big wins over some FBS teams when before Troy Taylor made the jump to Stanford. Now here he is trying to rebuild something, and you take a look at some numbers. Stanford isn't as cleaned up as they were, a lot of penalties. But the Bruins took advantage, and they did not let them back in. There wasn't any specific defensive stat the Bruins needed to dominate in this game because they were clearly the much better unit against the Stanford O-line that was not going to dominate UCLA like in years past. Stanford in this game rushed for 24 yards, and their leading rusher had three carries for 16 yards. Now, this is different than big boy football, smash mouth a little bit when it came to the David Shaw era and prior, right, where they could run the football. Now, they're trying to sling it, maybe be a little more up-tempo, change things offensively, update their offense where maybe it didn't happen at the end of that most recent era for Stanford, but they also sacrificed the physicality, which the Bruins' defense, physical. Do not let teams run the football. And while Daniels did complete 27 passes, 268 yards, that wasn't super spectacular. You got to do something a little bit better to beat this Bruins' defense. And for the most part, his QBR was 47.5. That's not that good. That's barely better then Chase Griffin, who threw one pass and completed it for 16 yards, the third quarterback in the game for UCLA. And that's a good QBR for someone who threw one pass. He threw 45 to get the same effort that 45 passes to get the same QBR rating that UCLA's third quarterback came in just to complete one pass. Completely different domination by the UCLA defense that comes out, makes big plays, and is doing all sorts of things. Moisau, who comes in six total tackles, passes defense. You got Alex Johnson, five tackles and a blocked punt. Kane Madrano, two tackles for a loss and five total tackles. The Bruins' front seven and their DBs continue to make plays again and again. Now, it'll be a much bigger test when you face off against Colorado, when you face off against Sanders, who Colorado has had trouble protecting Sanders this season. That's something that's going to be a, a big matchup. That's where Latu should aim for three or more sacks and just dominate the game. The Murphy twins, even Madrona, Moussa. Th- there should be a lot of tackles. It'll be a fun game in the Rose Bowl. It should be a feast day for the UCLA defense where they didn't necessarily need to get too crazy against Stanford. It'll be a Danton Lynn coaching fest and we get to see what crazy exotic blitzes or anything he wants to dial up against Colorado to try and dominate the Buffaloes in what's a sold-out Rose Bowl. Yes, quotes forever when it's not a 90,000, 88,000-plus crowd at the Rose Bowl. Still doesn't take away from the defense. Dominant, A performance. Maybe I can notch it down, bump it down to an A- minus because they didn't shut them out. That's me being greedy. The defense forced two turnovers and continued to do things. Every game... In UCLA, seven games, they forced a turnover, usually multiple, mostly with an interception. And the Bruins' forced fumble and recovery numbers are absolutely off the charts. Unbelievable this year. We're going to have an episode dedicated to the end of the year about just UCLA's ability to force fumbles and then recover them. 
just punching it out, Kirkwood, I believe, and then Oladejo recovering it, the ability to be in the right spot at the right time to punch it out, get it out so frequently, and still be able to make plays in the secondary and read the quarterback and get interceptions. What an absolute job this year by Dan Tillin and the UCLA defense. Yes, it's happening. Special teams, again, the frustrations lie. One, the kicking game. R.J. Lopez, 0-2, made all his extra points, which we saw is no longer a gimme after the Washington State game. 0-2, Lopez seemed to have a clear win on the, the, the field goal kicking game. Makes you wonder why in certain situations UCLA has kind of opted for fourth down, going for it deeper into a certain part of the territory as opposed to kicking a field goal, like maybe against Utah early on in the season. Different things for UCLA. I don't like the fact that you miss a couple of kicks, regardless of the the blocking scheme. You, you got to be able to make kicks from 40 yards out to not just rely on the offense to score touchdowns every time. Because sometimes those three points are going to be extremely vital. If for, say, for whatever reason, you get in a shootout with Colorado, or you do that against SC, or you need those points on the road, coming up against Arizona in Tucson in what is an epic Pac-12 after dark battle against the Wildcats coming up after the Colorado game. So I don't like the fact that the kicks have been somewhat inconsistent, whether it's blocking, whether it's just hooking it left. I know he can maybe right the ship and he's had some good kicks this year. That's just something you got to look forward to later in the season when late kicks mean more later in games that can change bowl projections, seasons across the conference, college football playoff implications for some I don't know not that UCLA is playing anybody but maybe a tiebreaker here and there makes the difference in some crazy projection I don't know I don't like the missed kicks I do like block punts Alex Johnson salute to you which is why special teams gets a C plus because you blocked a punt you made your extra points if there was no block punt it'd get notched way down but that's where you get C plus because you made a play making sure a punt didn't get off and didn't do anything crazy like run into the punter and not get called for it anyways a minus A, C plus. And the C plus was the special teams. All right. I think the Bruins did a good job. Ranked ahead of USC, staying in the thick of things, sort of. And they have a fun, enticing matchup at home versus Colorado. I can't wait to dissect it all week long. Hit that subscribe button. Thanks for your support. Hands up, Bruins fans. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, A, U, C, L, A, U, C, L, A, fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.